You're listening to the Discovery COVID-19 podcast. I'm Azania Mosaka, and I'll be speaking to expert guests to help you better understand coronavirus disease 2019, as well as how best to manage your health, well-being, and financial security during this time. Well, today we're putting the spotlight on mental well-being of employees because the world of work during this pandemic has really been uh, turned on its head. And joining us for this conversation is medical doctor Tidi Gule. She is the founder of Medispace Lifestyle Institute and the author of Rough Diamond. It's an entrepreneurship and mentorship memoir and her areas of speciality and passion is employee and workplace wellness. No better person to speak to on this topic. Good afternoon. How are you doing, Dr. Gule? Oh, I'm staying home and I'm staying safe, Azania. Good to hear from you during the interesting, exceptional time. Absolutely. You're heeding the call, doing what's right. So the world of work has changed seemingly overnight. Um, What does this mean? What does this mean for employees and how we regard this thing that is so tied to our identity? I, I think because of what I've been managing the last two to three weeks, it, it's, it's probably hit home for me as a medical professional, just how tough a transition it actually is for a lot of working professionals to move from their place of work um, and to adjust to an entire new environment where usually it's their sanctuary. For a lot of people, home is a place of rest, not a place of activity, especially work activity. So I think what COVID-19 has done is almost redefine, force us to redefine what productivity is. And I think that's the first thing for me that um, has hit home for how we are approaching both the employer and employee perception of the COVID transition. What is productivity and how do I do it wherever I am based? Exactly. So let's delve into that because there are two perspectives that come to uh, Mm. this particular table, uh, the employer and the employee. So does it change at all in light of the change in circumstances? Oh, yes. Maybe to just start with the employee perspective, because I think that feeds straight into what the employers are experiencing right now. Um, You can imagine telling your employees after a president announces a lockdown, which is your first unique experience as an employee. Just the term lockdown obviously had a very restrictive um, idea. So a lot of employees naturally went into a panic, anxiety. Being home is the second big, um, I guess, shock to the system. Because one, you're now being told you can't come to work. So your mobility is being restricted. But number two, you've now been told you've got to figure out a way to produce results at home. So creating a new workspace was really the biggest change for what the employee experience has been of lockdown. They've had to, you know, not everybody, I think everyone makes an assumption, we all have studies and offices at home and we've got a table and, you know, you can pretty much figure it out. Not for a lot of working professionals. A lot of people are in apartments, townhouses, live with individuals, um, not just living with families, live with, you know, peers, friends, etc. So trying to create a workspace that allows you to almost simulate your, your office environment is the first challenge. A lot of people have been getting creative around it. So it's been good to see that there's been a lot of positive uh, spin on how to be productive at home. But the real thing for an employee has been really creating structure at home, creating a routine that is practical and manageable and realistic. And that's been where a lot of the panic or anxiety that we've been seeing as consultants 
lot of employees just dialing in and saying, you know, they're struggling to create a space where it's quiet if they have children. And you navigate that every day until you find the system that works. Um, no, the second so, you thing know, has been community. Just a mm. quick one on that, Dr. Kili, because I yeah. think we also, productivity for us to feel like we are being productive. There's certain cues that we had programmed into ourselves. Now those cues are gone. Being in traffic, being in workways, sitting at a desk, in the Mm. building. Mm. You know, our cues where our minds kick into gear to be productive. Now we've stripped them away. And so it's like there's this there's this looseness that we struggle to to negotiate. I've literally, you know, termed that the, the term we used to joke called the corporate jungle has literally come to life um, <laughs> in the term of, of what's happening. It's a jungle out there now. And everyone's literally trying to cut their own tree and branch and carve a path. And, and that's why it's, I'm so glad you brought up the conversation of cues because these are things we overlook. The pattern of going to work. Um, is something that you absolutely correct. It's programmed into your mind. Your mind actually goes into a gear. Um, so you gear up and you gear down, depending on what day, um, what time of day it is. And now you're at, at home. So that you've got to almost gear yourself up and you've got to gear yourself down, which you can imagine for the brain is a huge, is a huge leap without that stimulus. Nevertheless, your brain is also wired to learn a new habit. So I think it's really important to look on the positive side here. If you retain a structure, if you retain a routine, as simple as what time you wake up, if you keep that routine of when you wake up to go to work and you wake up to go to work at home, you, you actually help your brain retain that information and actually retain those cues that keep you productive. And that is for me the essence of the routine and routine management. So a lot of people are very skeptical of being able to actually create and sustain a routine at home. But you can. Not starting does not help you in this scenario. You've got to start. You've got to, <laughs> You've got to start. Right. And let's look at it from a, the, the employer's perspective. I imagine managers yeah. are grappling with managing remotely. Oh yeah. And just keeping yeah. teams engaged. Azania, it is, it is literally, when I say jungle, it's a jungle for everybody. And, and um, human resource managers right now have my deepest compassion. You know, I have compassion for everybody during COVID, but I must say um, human resources are so burdened right now with being psychologists, social workers, supervisors. I mean, they, they've had to literally create an entire Bible out of nowhere on how they're going to manage not just themselves, but HR teams. And then, of course, the actual employees on the ground from wellness to the pension fund medical aid conversation, to productivity and performance appraisals at home. It has been a madhouse for a lot of decision makers. I think the biggest thing that COVID has taught any group of human resource managers is it's so important to communicate responsibly and to be responsive. I think Mm -hmm. if you start with those two things, you have got a lid on one, the anxiety on the ground, and the anxiety within the team at the top. Because if we're not communicating responsibly, you are already losing your grip on being able to manage the crises that can arise on the floor. And a lot of unexpected crises and escalations are coming at them right now. From people wanting to inquire about leave during this time, from people wanting to inquire about what they can and cannot submit. Um, when, When they are themselves perhaps exposed to COVID, what they should do and how it affects the team. Everything right now has been, I guess, for magnified, for lack of a better term, for the HR managers because people at home are a lot more difficult to manage. And that's the reality. It's a lot more difficult. 
So then how do we measure if we, if in fact, they are being productive <laughs> while we're at home? Unique, unique situations, unfortunately, still require some balance, right? The first thing is to accept that you've got a new world and you still have to lead. I think the unfortunate thing for decision makers is you don't get to run and panic like everyone else. You maybe get one day um, to scream. And I, and I always encourage my decision makers. In fact, on all my phone calls, I said the first thing is let it out. If you don't let it out, you will carry this panic over to your employees. So it's really important that there's a space to vent. And even if it's uh, 15 minutes um, from all the phone calls and emails and you're getting overwhelmed, vent. But then figure out a solution. I'm pro-solution as a corporate wellness consultant because it anchors everybody and everybody needs a rhythm. So a lot of managers have a sense because of the divisions in each company. What must finance produce? What must marketing produce? What must business development produce? What is operations? What is admin? Everybody needs to go on a new system of working. And the beauty is a lot of corporations actually have existing virtual infrastructure with which most of their companies have been operating. The email system, I'm sure, is the most overwhelmed system right now. I can tell you that for free. Um, mm. Mostly because a lot of companies are in these very sophisticated systems of communication from you know, email to you know, the system you and I are even using right now. There's a lot of that. So connectivity is the first step that I am advising in terms of retaining communication structure. Have a very fixed rhythm of this is how we connect every day or every week or whatever the rhythm is in terms of touching base with the team. Then there must be very clear communication flows from supervisors to, to the juniors. This is what the reporting line is. This is what we're going to put in place so that people are clear on if I have a problem, this is where I go. Um, if I'm engaging on a project, this is where I go. I think once you have a communication flow in place, a lot of things that could disrupt the productivity rhythm are actually managed proactively. You've got to manage this thing proactively. Then I think, unfortunately, you've got to create... Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, go ahead. What do we have to create? I was saying, um, the second thing HR managers need to create is then what I'm calling the panic button communication line. I think a lot of companies have not been aware of how to channel the panic, the anxiety around the situation itself. And a lot of HR managers have been reaching out to us as medical consultants on supporting that. Yes, there are existing um, systems in place like EAP, but you can imagine that is probably seeing a high increase of utilization right now. And yet we have a virus that has almost created this disruption. So Mm -hmm. learning to teach people on the virus has been a huge part of what we have been emphasizing with HR managers because most of the individuals who are at home are concerned a lot more now about the health of themselves and their families, the health of themselves and their dependents. And there isn't a lot of knowledge from companies that is disseminating from what the government and the departments of health is saying. And one of the things that has been effective that we've actually been advising is if you create a quick status update, whether it's through something as simple as WhatsApp group or an emailer, on updating, this is where we are as a country, this is what you can do. And these repetitive reminders, what it does is it anchors people's ability to focus on the work. Because Mm -hmm. if they're receiving the news first from the company before Mm -hmm. they switch on television, they know that the company is on top of it. And that perception, Azania, is really effective on also just keeping morale going and allowing the mind to shift from the anxiety of what's happening in the world back to producing some good work. 
I'm glad you raised that because psychological safety mm-hmm. is so yeah. important at this time where so much is in question, so much is uncertain. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what the pandemic has done as well is brought in uncertainty over job security and our finances. Yes. So what should the employer do to support their staff through <laughs> questions such as this, even questions that mm-hmm. they don't know the outcome, where they don't know the outcome of the situation themselves? I think the biggest, biggest gray area right now is the financial well-being of employees. And, and I'm not going to pretend that that isn't a gray area for employers and also for risk managers who are currently calculating. I mean, I had such a soft conversation, but poignant conversation with a pension fund manager who is in a corporate. So obviously consulting within and just disclosing to me that, listen, I've never had to feel so many calls about anxious employees, about things like pension fund and provident fund, and looking at the risk of something like a pandemic and what that does to premiums. The simplest, simplest approach is this. I think it's very important to accept that in the next three weeks, six weeks, possibly even 12 weeks, so the next three months, our economy is going to continuously feel the weight of this pandemic. And it is likely going to be affected negatively in the beginning, and then it will stabilize. I think it's not the most responsible thing to give people long-term advice about their finances now without looking at what's actually happening as what I call in the macroeconomic sense. I think bringing it home, it's important for employers to emphasize that the employees must retain their current funds. So if you've got a provident fund, keep it in place. Pension fund, keep it in place. You know, this initial panic of trying to cash in on whatever you have, it's it's so high risk because viruses come and viruses go. It's important to remind the public, we had SARS, we've had swine flu, we've had these viruses come and they go. And this one will do the same. I think for some reason, COVID-19 has erupted a different panic and people are forgetting the natural cycle of a virus. Um, And science is very, very predictable in studying something, getting on top of it, preventing it, curing it, and getting it out. And we are already in that place of trying to stabilize what's happening. Mm -hmm. So it's important not to use COVID-19 as a defining moment of our financial well-being. Yes, it's a pandemic. Yes, it was an unexpected strain. Yes, it's going to hit the economy for a while, but it is going to pass. And so no decision on money should be made right now. No decision should be made. Hmm. But lots of our family members are also going to fall ill. Our employees Mm -hmm. are going to be burdened with this concern. So how do managers also support their staff through illness, perhaps their own or the the illness of a loved one? The beauty of corporate organizations that have invested in EAPs or employee assistance programs is that there are mechanisms right now in place that are already telephonic or virtual that employees can continuously use during this time. I'm very well aware that a lot of corporate organizations have really made sure that they keep pushing the message to employees while those employees are at home, that they've got these resources. For example, as part of EAP is that there is psychological uh, helplines. So companies usually have already these mechanisms in place where employees can call someone and talk about that worry. And also within EAP, there's a lot of help around the financial and legal side of things. And I think a lot of employees are probably worried about what happens if, not just if they fall ill, but if a family or a loved one falls ill. And it's a good time to even call your policy providers and get a sense of comfort. Some of us, you know, take on policies we don't read, until disaster strikes, this is a good time to read 
what your policy provides and to inquire and to call. So the world has gone telephonic and virtual and it's good for all employees to engage that. But employees are providing as much support as possible through EAPs. And I think right now they won't be able to really give more information on personal circumstance. Only the employee can engage the providers allocated for that. Mm. Uh, what would your tips be to managers in helping their employees work through the stress they may be feeling right now? I think the first thing for managers is have a very clear daily communication plan. Any memos, urgent changes, if you already have something in place that requires you to communicate daily, and this I've been advising a lot of managers, first thing in the morning, try and be that source of comfort and news and daily updates. So you start there because it allows you to also consolidate what's happening throughout the day so that you are able to plan what you want to communicate the next day. Number two, as, as from a manager point of view, take time out every day. I know this sounds impossible. A lot of managers have been confessing to me that their sleep is practically non-existent. And I've been reiterating to them, if, if you're not mentally healthy and sound, you are not one going to have the capacity to assist and support your entire team, but also to you are likely going to fall then into the anxiety mode, which is not going to be helpful for everyone else. So you've got to keep a routine, even if it's 15 to 30 minutes during the day where you breathe, whether you are taking a quick walk in the garden, whether you're gardening, whether you're baking with your kids, do something that completely removes you out of the email and phone call intense environment you are now a part of. Number three is to respond and have a very effective responsive mechanism. You might not have answers for everything that gets thrown at you, but be responsive. It allows you to be a reassuring figure, which is probably psychologically the most important thing that employees need right now. I think those are fantastic. It's a great way to summarize and give our managers, give our employees and employees ways of grappling and dealing with this. We've got to be nimble on our toes and we accept the fact that this is a new world, a new way of working because the workplace has fundamentally and in the long term been changed. Dr. Gule, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Thank you, Azania. I think I cannot stress the, the fact that I think with all the individuals that are being responsible right now with giving employers and employees support through platforms like this, we're doing our part too. So thank you for doing your part in this Excellent. Thank, thank you. That's Dr. Tsidi Gule, the founder of the Medispace Lifestyle Institute. This podcast was brought to you by Discovery. Stay informed, stay healthy.